Fantasy Leashes TMA Clip of the Day. I am confident in this vision because I'm confident that if I, if I had run again and articulated it, I think I could have mobilized a majority of the American people to rally behind it. I know that in conversations that I've had with um, people around the country, even some people who disagreed with me, uh, they would say the vision, the direction that you point towards is the right one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no, nobody, nobody thinks that that you pointed toward anything. You're gonna tweet you never, that. You, you never hashtag. do that, Ben. I know. It's <laughs> you too never late. shine a light on a woman's age. The spotlight know, just came out. But it, but it, it, you're right. exactly right. I can of course. own it. The, the the fact is that Barack Obama narrowly escaped defeat against Mitt Romney in 2012 yep. with the help of a lying, lying, lying media. The media lied all the way. And through. And also, as much as I like Mitt Romney, him not running a, a solid campaign. Well, I yes. mean, he. There were so many things in 2012, a ton of shortcomings that Mitt Romney could have pointed out and shined a spotlight on, but he was too too nice to do now, it. Now, do I think that Obama would have run stronger than than Hillary? Yeah, because I think that because he's more likable. A stick of bread would 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 would, would run stronger <laughs> than Hillary by, by like a long Some white wonder bread. You that's think? that's exactly right. I mean, anything would have run stronger than Hillary Clinton. I mean, there are rocks that that are in the sewers of L.A. that would have run stronger than Hillary Clinton, but they're more trusted. For sure, because they've been sitting there for thirty years. They flip flop on the issues less often, but it's, <laughs> but the, but and they are less covered in grime, actually. But yeah, it's but that said, this is such fake news, and it demonstrates that the absolute egotism of, of man. Because yep. it turns out that one of your jobs as the head of your party is to actually lead your party. And I hope it's something that Trump actually recognizes too: is that it's not just your job to be personally popular and successful. It is also your job to help assure that your party is successful long after you leave, that your job is not to devastate your party on the state and local level. And Obama absolutely devastated his party on the state and local level, aside from leaving the world in flames. Well, and also making it more important that people like you than actually getting things done. And that's one of the concerns with Donald Trump is that he's constantly kind of taking the temperature of everybody. At some point, you actually have to, to do things. And I think President Obama did things that people didn't like, but they liked him. And you see how that that didn't really help the Democrats moving into this election. Cycle. Well, but mark this down because it's actually a compliment. Okay, hold on. At, least, hold on. at least Donald Trump is what taking is the temperature of the American people. I think this that is true. I think that you've seen how Alicia Barack like Jen. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Barack Obama has <laughs> likes to take the temperature of like the international community. Right. That he finds it more important to be this like America's arms are wide open, like you know that awful song from the nineties or was it early two thousands? And and then a strong word. And then and then. You know, he cared more about, I think, the UN resolution that we spent the last half hour talking about is a perfect example of this. It's it's, what can I do to delegitimize legitimate nations that are pro-democracy and going after bad guys and and representative of a religion and peace and Western civilization versus, you know, actually tapping into what the American people want and need. And I think that that's different. But I think that it could potentially still be dangerous for Donald Trump because he always takes the temperature of the people, the 10,000 people that he's talking to in the room instead of actually I'm concerned that he doesn't have a basis of where his line of principles are or where they come from. Well, again, I think that the the question for Trump is going to be the same as it was for Obama. Can you be successful as president while also hurting your party? I mean, like, I, I hope that I hope that Trump doesn't hurt his party. One of the things that he's not doing is is embracing entitlement reform. This is an example of an area where he really should be embracing it, but he's not going to because he's afraid his own personal popularity will be hurt if he were to embrace entitlement reform. He'd allow the Democrats to to do the whole. Republicans hate the old people, Republicans hate the poor people routine. He doesn't want to do that. 
I, I sort of get that. Maybe you save that for a second term if you get one. That's, that's what pro- I think. That's but possible. I think that he wants to, I'm sorry, I disagree, because I think that he wants to use entitlements for his re-election game. I think that that's more likely. I, I think that everything that he has said sounds exactly like what Bernie Sanders says when it comes to entitlement reform and government programs. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's correct. He's not a he's not a Paul Ryan when it comes to making the cuts there. Well, I, I, again, I think that's that's well, right. Well, I but think he's talked about a lot of the waste, a lot of the the fraud and the corruption that he's goes not going to cut the budget. There's and no way he cuts the budget. He's talking about spending a trillion dollars on infrastructure. He's not. To, he's talking about slashing taxes. I think he'll be a higher spender than we'd like him to. He's be. he's going to spend a lot of money. It's going to be much more like George W. Bush, but I think more than even Bush did. And that's but, why those tax cuts are so important, so off the bat, because for his plan to work, if he's going to be spending more money, he's going to be have to. He's got to bring in some money from. Somewhere, and that's going to be a test is if well, he can bring it in through taxes. Regulatory cuts are actually going to be more effective in terms of bringing in tax revenue than than tax cuts, I think, mm-hmm. because the regulations are what's keeping people from investing all this money that's yep. been sitting on the sidelines. Uh, again, I, I don't really care if the government brings in more money. I'd prefer that the government brings in less money. I, sure. I, I think that if the government brings in less money, they have to slash their budget, which would be a good thing. But uh, again, this isn't about Trump yet. It's really about Obama. And Obama... He's so arrogant and he's so self-centered that he truly believes that he's been a boon for his party, that he's been a boon for the country. And as Jen says, he's leaving the world on fire. I mean, this is a guy who's leaving the Middle East absolutely in ruins. He, he had an opportunity early in his administration to support the overthrow of the Iranian regime during the Green Revolution. He didn't. Instead, he let those people get slaughtered in the streets. He had the obligation to help out the Iraqi people we made promises to. Instead, he let them get slaughtered in the streets. He had an obligation to stop Bashar Assad from using chemical weapons. He said he had an obligation to do he that. He said he was going to do it. And Instead, he let those people get slaughtered. And he created in the streets. a vacuum for Russia in that very spot, which is, I, and we wonder what we're going to do about Putin now. I mean, part of the reason Putin has more strength than he did eight years ago is because of Obama. It's no of Obama question, no nothing. question. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's he's allowed Putin. Speaking of Putin, to walk just waltz right into Crimea. He's allowed Putin to to continue to strengthen his hands in places like Kazakhstan. He's allowed him to place missiles in places Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad, for people who don't know, is this little Russian outpost of territory. It's actually just north of Poland and just south of Lithuania. It's not even territory territorially connected to Russia. He's allowed China to expand its its trade reach in the region, as well as its military reach, building islands in the middle of the Pacific. I mean, it, he's been a disaster in every way on foreign policy. And on domestic policy, if you look at his, his greatest hits, it's polarizing us along sex lines on transgender bathrooms, polarizing us along racial, racial lines, lines, and polarizing us, obviously, along economic lines with his 1% versus 99% shtick, all the while doing very little to actually make the economy better, but really hampering what could have been a very strong recovery coming off of what was a pretty big collapse, right? Todd Frank crippled the banks. Todd Frank prevented investment resources from going where they needed to go. And and Obama sits there celebrating himself, and then he wonders why people are, are not enamored with his policies. Listen, Obama appears cool. He's really good at this. He's really good at the business of politics. But that does not mean that people like anything that he's been doing. We've had lots of politicians in American history who are personally popular and whose agendas are repudiated as soon as they leave office. It's happened pretty obviously. I mean, it's happened pretty pretty clearly many times in American history. I mean, Calvin Coolidge was a pretty popular president until he left. And then Hoover until he wasn't. A, until, right. right, exactly. You're popular until you're not. Obama, by the way, says that he's not going to sit down and shut up. He says that after he leaves, he's going to still speak out on the issues, which is maybe the worst thing that could happen for Democrats. Yeah. Because the fact is that presidents sticking around and mouthing off, that doesn't allow a new generation of Democrats to rise. And, and the way that you make your and name And he wants it politics, to be all about him or all about his wife. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, like he wants it to be all about him or all about Michelle. I think we saw that even with the Oprah interview. And I and I don't know that Michelle was totally honest. People think she was, but I don't know that she was totally honest when she said she isn't considering running. Oh. I think in the lead up she's to gonna the be election, run. she well, one, she's already being begged to run. And, and two, I think that her behavior and the way she stepped up her game and her appearance and her speeches and her tone definitely sounded like somebody that was preparing for a... a future political career aside from her husband and and so I think and what I mean aside from her husband is like her running you know maybe going back to Illinois and running for senate mm-hmm. or you know they, they've been buying up property in southern California and Hawaii so maybe she could run somewhere there too but I think that you have the the Obamas have the problems that the Clintons have which is kind of funny because the Obamas and the Clintons hate each other but they are similar in a lot of ways they are power couples they have the husbands that ran for office first with the supportive wife you know very involved behind the scenes and because Michelle Obama wasn't incredibly involved in the last eight years of the Obama administration. And now I think you're going to see Michelle Obama move forward, but their personalities are similar in that they think they are the end all be all and the only hope for the Democratic Party. And and I think they're really going to have a wake up call. Thanks for listening to my TMA clip of the day. And don't forget to tune in to the morning answer with Brian Whitman, Ben Shapiro and me, Alicia Krause.